Hello, 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 and welcome back to Center Ed Teaching. Thanks for joining us this week. Last week we were talking about uh, 21st century kids and the digital age and how to navigate those as educators and parents and what that all means. And (laughs) even though we didn't really come to any conclusions, we at least I think raised some interesting questions. But this week we want to kind of return back to the classroom and we want to talk about a particular part, actually, of the schooling population, and that's new teachers that we have coming in. You know, spring is in the air, new teachers are blooming and graduating <laughs> from their teacher ed programs, getting ready to take hold of their own classrooms next fall. Um, and so to do that, I have probably the best, maybe second best person behind Denise at CPET um, to handle this issue for us today, and that's Brian. Hi, y'all. Um, so I guess the first thing that I want to do to start off this discussion is talk about teacher ed programs, right? There's a lot of things that teacher ed programs focus on from, you know, backwards design to lesson planning to possible ways to differentiate. There's methods courses, but there's a lot of stuff that actually isn't covered in teacher ed programs that are kind of essential for teachers, um, you know, what are some of the things that stick out to you that teacher ed programs, whether it's by choice or just lack of capacity or having teachers in the classroom, can't really help train or prepare teachers for? Great. Um, I think the first thing to say is that there aren't there aren't any particular um, commonalities that we can say are all teacher ed programs share. Um, uh, teacher ed programs within the same city, within the same college, like here at mm-hmm. Teachers College, very quite widely. So while some teacher ed programs will take a very practical approach, um, here are the techniques and skills you need to go out and do the job, others will have a more theoretical approach. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk and let's talk widely and think well and deeply about questions like what is the nature and purpose of education, um, and perhaps won't we'll get into the sort of nitty gritty skills and techniques that, that teachers need to have. So all teacher ed programs try to, I think, uh, strike a balance between uh, helping their students work through theory and practice, um, and all make choices that uh, um, that prioritize, um, you know, the the content they believe teachers need going forward. Um, that said, uh, I think there's no substitute for lived experience, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, regardless of the teacher ed program you go through, when you finally, you know, that bell rings on the first day of class, and it's your 20 to 30 plus students in the classroom across from you, and that's just first period, um, things get real in a hurry. Even if you've done student teaching, even if you've uh, been an apprentice in some way, Mm-hmm. Um, when it's you, when you're the bottom, you know, when the buck stops with you, um, there are a lot of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of challenges that you may not even know existed until you lived them. So one in particular that strikes out for me is just the sheer volume of work mm-hmm. that comes to you. Um, when student teaching, you may go into your school one day a week or two days a week. You may teach three courses. You may five courses, it varies a a fair bit, but when it's five days a week, five periods a day, 30 plus kids, um, all of a sudden, the number of papers you have to grade, the number of lessons Mm -hmm. you have to plan, um, just the the sheer volume of work um, can be 
really overwhelming, um, uh, especially at the beginning when the sort of as a shock to the system that hits, um, and um, not it, it's hard to prepare someone for that until you actually drop them into it. Yeah, and I and so I don't know if this distinction is helpful, but one thing that I always thought about was, you know you're trained to be an educator and being part of an educator, there's kind of two parts. There's the teacher part, which is like the lesson planning, interfacing with students, grading papers. And then there's like the professional part, Mm. like your grade level team, your content team, maybe you're doing an after school organization. So there's all these administrative things. There's all these interpersonal things with other adults, not children. That's often left by the wayside. And I know something for me, at least in my early teacher career, that was a lot. And that I didn't know how to deal with. And that ended up creating a lot of kind of sleepless nights with trying to get all those responsibilities done. But I guess the other thing, and maybe with your work with um, some of the NTN teachers, and we'll get into what NTN is in just a second, is, I mean, kind of without pathologizing, talking about the psychology of a new teacher, because teachers go into the classroom with the expectations that they're going to perform like a 10 year veteran. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways that's very unique to a lot of other jobs. So for instance, let's say that you are an attorney joining a legal firm. You're not going to have the highest profile of cases, right? You're going to get some cases where you can kind of, what's the expression, like cut your teeth on. Um, or if you're an advertising agency, you might not have the biggest account and work that way up. But as soon as you step in as a teacher, every single student is incredibly important. None is more important than the other. So you have this huge responsibility. And I don't know. I mean, it seems like that also needs coaching and working through because the sheer responsibility of the job is overwhelming. Yeah, it's a it's a strange sort of professional situation when um, the uh volume and intensity of the responsibility you have on your first day in the profession might actually be exactly the same as it is on your last day in the profession, Mm -hmm. even after a 30-plus year career. Um, um, After 30 years, you may still have 150 student contacts a day and have all of the same things, all the same uh, responsibilities and challenges um, that are faced by first-year teachers, Um, just you learn to handle them better over the time. So... Um, uh, when a new teacher uh, really sets out, the, the demands that are put on a person in that position um, are the same demands of a 10-year vet, 20-year vet, 30-year vet, and um, the supports needed aren't always there. Um, Wait, so before you start talking yeah. about the supports, I mean, I guess maybe we should get into kind of the, the id or the it of this podcast, um, NTN, because that is a form of support for teachers. So can you maybe just say a little bit um, about what NTN is and what support it provides? Sure. Um, So NTN at TC is the new teacher network at TC. It's an initiative of CPET, the folk who are bringing you this podcast. (laughs) Um, And what we do at a very, I mean, the practical description of what we do is we offer three years of free professional development support for any teacher's college graduate um, in their first three years of teaching. Um, And uh, we provide it through in-person workshops here at the college, visits to school sites. Um, We have an online community through a Facebook group. We're developing some online courses. Um, And the idea is that we just want to get early career teachers as much help as they can, as we can get to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it's sort of a 
a program that we've been trying to develop over years. We're about to bring in our fourth cohort of uh, new teachers, um, and um, we're really starting to, to get a little traction when it comes to um, what it is that our teachers want and need from us in terms of support, and then um, how we can best deliver that support to them um, to, you know, to do as, as much as possible for as many as possible for as long as possible within resources. Um, so uh, that's the new teacher network. Um, and uh, it really sprung from uh, this notion that um, uh, teaching is a very demanding profession. And early on, the demands are incredibly intense. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of teachers out there who, who leave the profession after mm -hmm. three years, after five years. It's sort of a much, there's yeah. a lot of hand-wringing about this out there in the world. Um, and, um, for me, the, the best way to think of it is, um, I once upon a time taught at a high school where we measured our success by how many of our students we sent to university. Mm. Um, but then after a while we realized that, um, a lot of those students weren't finishing university or weren't even getting through one year, um, because they did not have adequate support structures to, to get them through that particularly challenging bit of work. So let's do the same for our teachers rather mm -hmm. than say, okay, you've graduated, here's your diploma, here's your license, you are now ready to go out and be this teacher out in the world, an independent professional. Uh, we recognize that there's a, some time to uh, when, when folk just need a little bit of support along the way. Yeah. And so, I mean, one of the things, <laughs> maybe a little stilted question given mm -hmm. my involvement with NTN, but... Um, one of the things that has seemed to be almost most helpful for NTN is the, the community that is built. Absolutely. So like when the workshops come in, it's that people are able to work with other people who are in the same place in their career or a similar place in their career that they are to kind of talk through some of these issues and not feel so alone. And so I guess, I mean, why is there this isolation for new teachers on campuses and how has NTN been able to successfully help break down some of that isolation and create that community? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I don't think the isolation exists just for new teachers. Mm. Um, there's the so-called egg crate model of school where like an egg in its, in its container, it's separated and buffered from the other eggs. Um, and um, teachers often fall into that um, mindset where they think, you know, I am ultimately responsible for what goes on in my classroom. So as long as I can control what goes on within these four walls of my classroom, I am doing my job. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some of that um, idea comes from this, uh, this notion of rugged individuality and individual success, um, this sort of like atomistic, atomistic liberalism that is so popular in the United States. Um, but... Uh, uh, teachers often find themselves um, isolated or isolate themselves um, either consciously or unconsciously because no one can see my failures if I'm isolated. Mm. Um, no one can, um, no one can, can call me out and like, you know, uh, my job is less threatened if mm. I am isolated. That said, when you're isolated, you also can't get the help and support that you need. I, well, can I yeah, just add on that? Cause I mean, that's, what you're saying right now just brings up such a real tension that, yeah. I mean, I've had from my own experience and talking with other teachers is that we talked about kind of the intensity of the responsibility and you want to do well and the job is so hard, you almost have to have this shielding on yourself to not let someone see that you mess up. But as anyone who's taught like for a day, 
knows you make mistakes. Lots and lots. <laughs> and like, so part of that's getting over feeling like a mistake is exactly. the end of anything. But I, I think that's a really important point that for new teachers that you're bringing out is that it's okay to make these mistakes mm-hmm. and it's better to be in a supportive environment where you can talk through and work through those and improve upon them. Continue with what you're saying. Well, I just wanted to pull that but out. I think, I think that's, that, that's part of why um, uh, we conceive of and put the word network right in the name mm-hmm. of what we do. Not, it's not the new teacher program or the new teacher initiative. Um, we are hoping to foster a network of support, peer-to-peer support um, for these new teachers. So a First-year teachers might be in a conversation in an in-person workshop or in an online space about lesson planning or classroom management challenges. Oh, in my school we do it this way, but it's not working for me. How do you do it at your school? Or, hey, I need to teach a lesson on this story. Mm -hmm. This is my lesson plan. You want to take a look. And then perhaps we can have conversations uh, that go across these years, too. Um, A third-year teacher might speak to a first-year teacher and say, like, oh, I was exactly in that position you were in two years ago. Here's what I did to make mm-hmm. it better or easier or more effective. So the idea is it's not – the New Teacher Network isn't about uh, CPET coaches providing direct supports to the new teachers, though that happens That's and we're super happy to do that. But hopefully as the network continues to gain a head of steam, we'll have these early career teachers supporting each other. Um, it draws from ideas of uh, uh, communities of practice, professional learning communities. That is to say, when we have conversations about our shared challenges, our shared successes, mm-hmm. we can, you know, collective uplift can happen as a result of this. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess the one thing that I've always thought was so necessary about an initiative like NTN, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, is that it's sometimes hard to feel that supported environment necessarily within a school, not because the school is unwelcoming or inhospitable, but with testing, with evaluations, every moment can feel so tense until you've been able to really establish yourself within the school and relationships with others. And so I feel like that's where NTN kind of sets itself aside from what maybe schools can provide for support for their teachers. Exactly right. And part of, you know, schools do have a number of support structures in place um, to, uh, to, to help new teachers. Um, some of the challenges that school-based support systems face is because they are school-based. Mm-hmm. If an assistant principal sets up a program to support their teachers, but that assistant principal is also the evaluator of mm-hmm. those teachers, um, a teacher might be worried about uh, revealing some deficit they perceive in their practice or some challenge they're facing because they don't want to get a negative evaluation. But to whom else can they turn for the support because those are the support structures there. Um, I was speaking with a, uh, an assistant principal in a public high school yesterday and talking about this tension that she feels because she has to go into a teacher's classroom with the Charlotte Danielson rubric mm-hmm. and evaluate that teacher but then also be that teacher's instructional leader and support. So how do you have a conversation when um, you want people to be open, you want people to be honest, but uh, you need to assure them that their openness and their honesty won't be, and I'll say to the audience listening, air quotes, used against them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a challenging position that school-based instructional leaders are put into. 
by this this um, this tension. So because we're not based in the schools, because we have nothing to do with their evaluation, um, we're hoping to create uh, an environment in which teachers can be very frank with each other mm-hmm. um, about the challenges they're facing, frank with each other about the, the growth that they see for themselves. Um, they can take some of the feedback that is given to them by their school leaders, by their instructional leaders, and say, my assistant principal says I'm developing in this Danielson trait how do I get better at that mm-hmm. without, you know, so we hopefully can have conversations among the members of the network that move everyone along in a way that is not threatening, that is supportive. Um, and uh, just to also giving people a chance to, to talk about what's on their mind, what's going mm-hmm. on in their classrooms. Um, even if it isn't a very particular thing, um, we have conversations all the time about how tired teachers feel. Or mm-hmm. how discouraged they can feel, um, and um, uh, that chance to be emotionally vulnerable um, is not always available when you're talking to someone you work with because it's a uh, it's very um, it's very difficult to reveal that about yourself mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a propaganda artist here, but one of the Do things it. that I think is great about the NTN workshops that you don't realize as an early career teacher is. You don't want to be away from the classroom. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be away from your students. But to take a day yeah. to professionally develop, to reflect, to slow down, it does such amazing things for you. You get such a new perspective. You get time to reflect that you previously hadn't had. You get to hear new ideas. And it reinvigorates you to go back in the classroom. Um, and I won't go necessarily into my personal experience with that in super detail, in like a ton of detail, but I was a first-year teacher I, you know, I went five months without missing a single day Mm -hmm. and my principal sent me to professional development. And even though it wasn't the greatest professional development in the world, getting that time to remove in Mm -hmm. space and and think about my students um, away from school in that way was just, was just so powerful. Well, it's like a, it's like a little retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we, we host full day workshops here at the college and um, when teachers have um, leadership at their school who will release them for that day mm-hmm. and they can just come back to TC, right? This is where they got their education. Um, so to come back to the cozy confines uh, of, of the Upper West Side or Morningside Heights um, and just kind of be in a room with people who are having similar experiences um, mm-hmm. and have a shared background as, as TC grads. Um, and regardless, you know, I think all new teachers could benefit from this. It's just that the new teacher network is pitched toward TC mm-hmm. grads, which is why we, we kind of have this language and why we do it this way. But just the chance to, to, to catch your breath. I mean, the, the best comparison I'll make is when I graduated undergrad, I didn't have my teaching license. And I started teaching in a public school under what was then called an emergency certification. And I was doing my teaching license work at night school. And even when I would get to school at the end of the, you know, get to, to the college at the end of the day, I was so tired from my day of teaching mm-hmm. um, and that my night school licensure work took me two years to complete because I was doing it so slowly. So when the time came to do my master's degree, I actually had saved up enough money to take a year off of teaching and just mm-hmm. do a one-year intensive master's program. And I kind of did the back the envelope math for like opportunity costs there. But just to have the space to breathe and Mm -hmm. not have the daily pressures of 150 student contacts um, let me 
kind of relax and think more freely about what was going on. Mm -hmm. So if we can offer little one-day retreats to teachers, um, I'm all for it. And we offer three of those a semester. Um, And so I'm hoping we're going to have a TC audience for this podcast. So to wrap up, can you maybe just walk through um, what someone would do if they wanted to sign up to join NTN, um, what that process looks like? and. Yeah, it's really it's really easy. You just go to the CPET website, which we link to in the show page. Is that It'll it? be in the show notes. Hey, yeah. all right. <laughs> Way to go, Internet. Um, and right there on the CPET homepage is a, a, a place to click to say New Teacher Network. You'll get to our New Teacher Network page, and there's right at the top a button that says How to Become a Member. You fill in a little Google form, um, and then uh, Matt will email you back, actually. Um, uh, and uh, after that, we just um, we publish our, our, our schedule of workshops. Uh, we invite people to our Facebook group. Um, we start to reach out through emails. Um, so uh, once a, a TC grad signs up and gets in the mix, then they get on the email list and we never leave them alone, but that's only because we love them. Um, but uh, the one of the things that's really important about the network and how we, we work is we try to offer multiple entry points. The in-person workshops are there if you want them. The school visits are there if you want them. The Facebook group is there if you want them. But all of these things are um, uh, different opportunities for people to access this work differently. So um, NTN at TC is a program that we have seen a need for, and we're trying to put out into the world to address the needs of early career teachers who have graduated from this institution. But um, I think all new teachers could use this support Mm -hmm. um, that's out there. And um, I'm really, um, I feel very lucky that I get to do this work um, because the support that I got as a new teacher was, was really, you know, catch as catch can. I, mm-hmm. I ended up having a mentor teacher, but that was just because I shared a classroom with him and he kind of took me under his wing. Mm-hmm. Um, if not for Mr. Mora, I would not have gotten through my first year of teaching, mm-hmm. but I, that was just something he did. Um, and um, uh, I think support structures are better. Professional development is better. It's the need for professional development is more recognized these days, um, but still, we just want to offer more opportunities for people to get more support. Um, and then, so the final thing, I guess, to wrap up, are there any events that are upcoming that people should know about? Maybe if they're already planning on joining NTN or want to kind of test out the waters a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coming up in May, we're going to have an event called NTN at TC Connect. It's an annual event where we have a few of the current network members come in and speak to the soon-to-graduate group of of students, um, talk to them about things ranging from how they got their first job, um, how they made a good match with a school, um, some of the, the successes and challenges they faced in their first few years of teaching. Um, we bring in a couple of school leaders from CPEC partner schools to, again, talk about similar topics, anything that's on the minds of the, the new cohort. That's going to be in May the 10th. 10th. Hey, thanks. Appreciate that. That'll be in the show notes too. <laughs> um, but that event is coming up. And then we're also going to look to put together an event to help teachers plan their demo lessons as they get ready to go out and interview with schools. Um, and that t- takes us to the summer. In the summertime, um, hopefully we're going to offer an online course, kind of big picture uh, planning sort of issues. Everything from curriculum mapping to unit planning and even down to the lesson planning level. Um, and then in the fall, we'll be at it again with our uh, workshop series. So 
the easiest way to, to get involved is either go to the TC uh, the CPAT website and check out what's going on, or you can email us. We call this program NTN at TC, and we managed to get the email address NTN at TC.edu. So you can always reach us there, um, and that email account is actually managed by our host, Matt. Um, and uh, between the two of us, we respond to any kind of email coming in, and we're happy to support y'all in any way we can. Well, thanks for that um, real clear description for next steps. And (laughs) um, we'll be back next week with some more pods. I guess one pod next week. Uh, More coming in the coming week. Exactly. Pods for everyone. Pods for days. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye, y'all. For that accomplishment.